I can worry about free agency and all that stuff after the season's over. If this is my last season, I want to give it my absolute best effort. I want to go out there. I want to be consistent. I want to do my thing. I want to help this team win. That's that's really it. That's what I've been trying to do for years. I wish I did a better job, but now I'm going to give it my all. Yeah, this might be Lucas Giolito's final season with the White Sox. But his goal, his motivation, and his message is clear about his hopes for the 2023 season. And you're going to hear it from Lucas on the White Sox Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust. Hey, everyone. It's Chuck Arfine in Glendale, Arizona at White Sox Spring Training. And Lucas is one of the most thoughtful players on the White Sox. And he had a lot of interesting things to say about his struggles last year, about how his mindset and the team's mindset is different this year in camp, thanks in part to what new manager Pedro Grifol is preaching to them. I ask him who he thinks will have the biggest comeback season on the White Sox. He talks about his special trip this offseason to the Dominican Republic and more. So it's Lucas Giolito giving it his all in 2023. That is coming up next. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We know you love Chicago. You devour the pizza, admire Chicago skyline, and cheer on Chicago sports teams, especially the White Sox. If you wanted to live in a less amazing place, you'd settle for Cleveland. Why not bank with Chicago's bank too? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Wintrust White Sox debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust White Sox checking account. Learn more today at Wintrust.com slash Sox. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. White Sox, White Sox. Go, go, White Sox! That ball hit deep, way back! Deep to the Holy cow! Carlton Fisk has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! You can't put it on the board! Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, before... You hear my conversation with Lucas Giolito. Ryan McGuffey is with me. And as I'm looking at all these guys in the White Sox clubhouse, if there is somebody who I think is kind of flying under the radar. Actually, you know what? A couple of weeks ago, I did say to you I thought Michael Kopech was flying under the radar. I'm going to put Giolito on top of that of Kopech because 2019, Cy Young Award voting. Giolito finishes 6th, 2020, 7th, 2021, 11th. He just had one bad year. I think he's in for a big season, and no one's really talking about it. Well, I've talked about individual motivation, carrying, uh, t- taking that into the clubhouse and, and letting this team 
you know, putting that in the blender mm-hmm. and running with it. And if there's anyone that has individual motivation more than any other player, I, I, I can make it a real case for Lucas Giolito. Yeah. I mean, this is the last year before he hits free agency. He's coming from a pretty down year, as we know. He knows he's not hiding from that at all. And he's got probably the most to lose if he repeats things that happened in 2022. Mm. So because of that, the White Sox have the most to gain. And I do think there's a little bit of a writing off factor with Lucas Giolito, Chuck, because there's so many other players that have been written off that you're expecting or needing big bounce back seasons from that Giolito is just part of this big group of players. I mean, eight to 10. And when you start talking about most of the guys, I think the White Sox need to step up most are, are playing in the everyday lineup. And so then that's where Lucas Giolito gets lost in the shuffle because you mentioned Kopech. Kopech, the White Sox and Michael Kopech need this year to be his biggest stride of his career. And if you're focusing on on Kopech and then you know what Cease and Lynn can do, you're forgetting about the other guy, Lucas Giolito, because you're talking about Grandal and Mancata and Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. So I do think Lucas Giolito has the most to lose and gain in 2023. Remembering his starts and just how his season progressed, and he's going to talk about this and that he was not anything like he was the years prior. He was essentially a fraction of his former self. He still struck out 171 batters with what he had, and we talk about his velocity, which wasn't there. So now he's seemingly fixed himself. I think he's going to be back to the 200 strikeout guy, a much lower ERA, and back to the guy who he was from 2019 to 2021. Yeah, and, you know, with Lucas, he, he sometimes, I always say this about him, he's a cerebral, Cease might be the most cerebral of the pitch, but he's probably the most thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Giolito, I'm saying. Giolito, and, and sometimes by being so thoughtful and thinking about whether it's your start or an inning or your batter or how you're going to approach the next game, they can actually overtake you, mm-hmm. that you can be too thoughtful. Yeah. And we all know these guys are creatures of habit, and, and we're here in spring training, and, and you're seeing the work that goes in, and they're starting to create their routines mm-hmm. before spring training games. And once once they get to Chicago, they're not tweaking. And if they're, they're tweaking, it's really, really minor. He had a tweak during the season last year. Yeah, and, and every – Major League Baseball player I've ever talked to that you've ever talked to, whether it's a hitter that's trying to change his swing or a pitcher that's trying to change its grip on a, a, a pitcher they've had success on in the past, it just doesn't work. It's just hard to implement change in an everyday routine in a game that you play every single day and you're creatures of habit and you're every fifth day and your work looks looks the same. These guys, There's no robot in professional sports, but if there is one, it's in the game of baseball yeah. because that's how their mind is. All right, so do you have his fastball velocities? Because I, I asked you if you could find it. Yeah, so last year his average velocity on his four-seam fastball was 92.6. Mm-hmm. And as I think, look, we're not hiding anything from there, and, and Lucas will get into it, but it was noticeable in pretty much every start he would go out there, especially as the season went on. And if, you go, if, you're, if we're comparing that, in 21 it was 93.8, where you're like, oh, it's only 1.2 miles. One, but that's this is average. Mm-hmm. So think about all of the ones that weren't hitting ninety two six. So it was ninety three eight in twenty one, ninety four in twenty twenty, and ninety four two in twenty nineteen. 
So you talked about those Cy Young voting seasons. His average fastball checks in the mid nineties. Ninety four is just at that at that shade, you know, at the at the mid ninety ninety four ninety six level. Ninety, it, it's twenty twenty three. You know, ninety to ninety two, you're gonna have to be some kind of special to get that done. He's a four pitch pitcher, but let's be honest, yeah, like he was a two pitch pitcher in twenty twenty two. Right, and his best pitch is his changeup, and when his fastball is only ninety two as an average, that weakens the effectiveness. Of his changeup, so if he can get his velocity back up to 94 with that changeup, that is when you're really going to see the Giolito of prior than you know prior 2022. So another thing we talk, talk about, and then we're going to hear from Lucas. I ask him who's going to have the biggest comeback season in this clubhouse. What you're going to hear, everybody, is the longest pause, the longest time of silence ever on the White Sox Talk podcast, because <laughs> he really wants to give, I talked to him afterwards, he wanted to give a thoughtful answer, if not a creative answer, because he could have gone with a lot of different guys, but he wanted to single out one person, and you are going to hear that and a whole lot more, and a great conversation, it always is, with Lucas. Here he is, Lucas Giolito. I'm noticing in the time that I've been out here that you guys are done talking about last year. I know it's a big part of who you are this year, but uh, is that really the feeling like, let's just focus on 2023, 2022 is over with? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a better way to go about it. Um, I'd say that kind of as a group, um, excuse me, as a group and individually, all of us, you know, we learned our lessons from last year. Uh, We, last year pissed us off. Uh, looking around the clubhouse, I see a lot of guys that worked very hard this offseason to correct, you know, the m- mistakes we made from last year, come in, be- in better shape, come in in a better spot, and get ready to work. So now it's like, all right, let's move on and, and focus on the here and now. Yeah, how motivated are you right now? Very. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, anyone who's in the major leagues is motivated, and I've seen your downs and ups down ups and like what's going on inside you right now as you approach this season um well i'm i'm working off of a lot of frustration from the previous season so that meant as soon as i got home i was getting to work um i didn't take too much time off do you normally take more time off yeah but i didn't really feel like that was something i wanted to do so I really dug in on, you know, a lot of the, the newer stuff we have nowadays, the biomechanics and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we found a lot of areas where things weren't working properly. Mm-hmm. And um, I got on a very, very strict and regimented program when it comes to everything in my off-season work. Uh, so I could check every single box, try and make good progress every single day leading up to being here now in camp. Yeah. It's been talked about. You can see you've lost a lot of weight compared to last season. What's it, 35 pounds compared to where you were a year ago? Yeah. I didn't. I wouldn't say I lost like 30 pounds in an off season. Right. Uh, I showed up to camp in like the high 270s last year, and then I lost weight over the course of the year. Um, but... 
I think I ended the year probably around 265 or something like that, and now I'm like 245. So, how does that feel on the mound? And when was the last time you were 245 or something around there? Probably like 2020, 2021. I was always around 250, like in that part of my career. And then last year we did the whole get really big thing, and now it's like it just feels a lot more. Um, best way to describe is I feel more athletic like I feel like I can carry my body move through space a lot cleaner um I feel lighter on my feet obviously and that's hopefully in turn putting me in a position to repeat my mechanics more consistently um staying more um mobile and flexible um you know hopefully a lot of good out of that yeah will your velocity go up a tick or two because I noticed it was from what I remember it was down a tick at some points last year yeah it was down a lot yeah. uh, last year it that's the that's the thing that happened in spring training last year I, I showed up big and I was throwing the hardest I ever have in a long time but then it was just like woof, went down 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 over the course of the season so why do you think that happened I don't know <laughs> you don't know uh, I mean <laughs> I I don't want to make excuses. Like, there's no excuse for poor performance. Like, you know, we get paid a lot of money to be here and and help this organization win games. I didn't do that last year. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, this happened. No, I just didn't get it done. So, um, you know, talking about my weight and my body and all this stuff, it's like cool and great. But, you know, what's what's the purpose for being here to go out, throw the ball well? give our team best chance to win every single time, every fifth day when I get the ball. And uh, at the end of the day, that's all, that's, that's all I can do. So I'm trying to put myself in a better position to do that more consistently. Who inside this facility is going to have a big comeback season in your mind? Other than me? Hmm. thinking I can see your thinking No, I don't know. Come back from like poor season. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say necessarily say Andrew Vaughn's season last year was poor, but I'm excited to see him do his thing now that he gets to play his natural position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that taking that load off of his legs, running around the outfield all the time, which was not something that he ever did. Uh, and then he had to learn how to do it at the big league level <laughs> and do that for a number of years. Uh, I think we're going to be able to see that super elite hitter mm-hmm. in, that Andrew Vaughn is uh, at the highest level consistently throughout the course of the year. So I'm excited to see that. I am too. There are so many guys who have, if not something to prove, 
if not, there's so many stories, right? Who are just individually like, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. Last year happened, I got hurt, I want to be healthy. I look at that and I see a mix that if enough things go right, with all that, if you guys all come together, something special can happen. Is that what you think? I agree. I agree, but like thinking like super broadly like that, like we can't think like that. Because that's that, that kind of, that type of like non-focus, just, oh yeah, if we're all great, then we're going to win the World Series. Like that's kind of stuff we were doing the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked what Pedro said in the meeting yesterday and the first meeting we had with pitchers and catchers about you set goals for short periods of time. It's like, what are we going to do to get better over the next five days? And then when that five days is up, you assess, hey, like, how was all the work? Was it focused? Uh, Did guys make improvements in the areas that needed to be improved? Yes, great. All right, here's the next five days. What are the goals here? We just do that over and over and over and try and stack those. And then, you know, you come to September, October, and uh, if you stay on that path, and hopefully you're putting yourself in a good position to, to, to win it all, but... Yeah, I think that whole like, oh yeah, let's all just be really good and then we'll win the World Series. That's not the way to think about it. Yeah, there was kind of this World Series or bust mentality that was verbalized by some, but that's probably not best served at all. It needs to just be like, let's just go out and do our thing and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I think about over the last few years, even like during the rebuild, uh, and then when we started to put it together and, and we were making the playoffs and stuff like our best streaks, like when we'd win a bunch of games in a row and everything was like going, we weren't, it wasn't that like, Oh yeah, we're so nasty. We're going to be in the world series. No, it was very, we were all very present in, in those moments. Like I could always detect that, that we weren't like setting these lofty expectations or like trying to do you know, trying to win the playoff games in May. No, it was very like, oh, we won 10 games in a row. And it's like, we're just coming to the field and doing our thing each day, uh, being very present minded. And I think that that's the type of mentality that we need to maintain. Yeah, last season felt like from afar, we got to catch up. Like we, we got to start winning Constantly. games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel, I feel like we're on our heels with the injuries and then we're on our heels with losing streaks or on our heels with, you know, poor performance out of guys like me and then trying to do more. Oh, I got to figure it out and I got to help this team win. Like, yo, chill. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's stay present as a unit. Let's work towards a common goal. Like, like Pedro was saying every five days. All right. What can we do individually? What can we do as a team unit, as a family? Pedro said something that just totally hit with me. And he goes, and he said this to you guys. He said this to us about what he said to you guys in that first meeting as a team. And he said that you can't win a championship in spring training, but you can lose one, right? Yes. And that has, I'm sure, an overriding theme as to what the plan here is in spring training did that connect with you as well absolutely yeah yeah that's it's kind of like more in that line of of 
like thought process of like direction it's like there's nothing we're going to do here that's putting us in position to win a world series like the world series isn't for many many months Mm -hmm. but if we were coming out here lackadaisical lack of focus um you know lack of direction you're putting yourself in prime position to not even make the playoffs right so that's what it's all about it's being coming to the field every day focused both individually and as a group yeah let's make improvements let's get better today when we start playing our spring training games you know we'll see what we'll see what our goals are for those next five days right i like the next five day mentality right Mm -hmm. i mean we don't have the greatest attention spans as it is does that help in your mind because of just like you're already talking about it but i can't even imagine looking past the five days when you have so much ahead of you yeah yeah it's kind of it's like a comforting thing as well because you know you're not sitting up late at night thinking oh I got I got to make 30 32 starts this year and and this is what my numbers need to be and this is what I have to this is what we need to do it's like no 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 I got 5 days of work ahead of me I got a bullpen I got a live bullpen session I got my workouts in the gym in the training room it's like let me just give my full focus and attention to each aspect over the over those 5 days and then I can look back on those 5 days and say I really got better and then we can set some new goals, maybe a tick up for that next five. I just love it that way. We've seen Liam Hendricks around here, and I'm just wondering how you're internalizing what he's going through. I can't imagine, man. Like, I mean, I can't really like internalize or imagine what he's going through. I've never gone anything gone through anything like that at all um but knowing Liam you know getting to know him very well over the last couple years here if if there's a guy that's gonna go ahead and beat cancer I mean that's the guy like that's my first overall pick for just destroying cancer Mm -hmm. because I mean he's a strong dude his mentality is like there's nothing that will stop it like just when I thought it's like when we got the news it was devastating and I was like oh my god I can't imagine like Liam Christy what they're going through um and then I I came here to camp like a week early and I saw him maybe two three days in and it was like he was just walking in like any other spring training day completely the the same attitude uh i don't think i would be strong enough to do that i don't think a lot of people would but he is like just (laughs) he's an amazing guy man yeah he is like and he's out here, he's throwing bullpens, he's like riding his fastball above 20 inches, he's throwing 90 plus miles an hour. Like, I don't really have too many words for it. And he's I'm going just, through chemotherapy. Training. I know, in the, middle, in the middle of, yeah, chemotherapy, radiation. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, it it gives me goosebumps because it's like the same. He comes in every day, joking around, being himself, and um, I don't know. It's just that it's just like that thought of like this guy he's gonna destroy this thing he's gonna be closing games for us this year there's no doubt in my mind yeah yeah I said that's what he told him like I'm gonna pitch this year Mm -hmm. you you guys all believe he's coming back this year yeah yeah because he does more than anybody and that that means something for real Meanwhile, you were in the Dominican Republic this offseason cleaning beaches. How did this all happen for you? How'd you get involved? Why did you get involved? Mm. Yeah, so I got to give credit to Ryan Burr. He was with us. Uh, now he's with the Rays, in camp with them. Uh, I think it was, yeah, two off-seasons ago, he just hit me up and said, hey, I'm getting involved in this organization. I think you'd I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd be down for something like this. And put me into contact with Chris Dickerson, former MLB player who runs Players for the Planet. And uh, basically the the goal of Players for the Planet it's to raise awareness around just environmental issues. Uh the trip to Dominican specifically is, is centered around the, the plastics crisis uh, kind of around the globe, but especially in, you know, third world countries that lack infrastructure for recycling, for, you know, trash, pickup, cleanup, management. Um, and so, you know, I, when I originally got involved, uh, I opted into a few programs where it was like I'm planting trees for strikeouts and I'm helping with cleaning up beaches with innings pitched and it was kind of like a cool little you know I'm a little incentive for good performance um, but then this last offseason hit and again I got burr in my ear <laughs> once again like hey man let's go on this Dominican trip and I said oh I don't know I'm gonna be training and he's like, come on, like, let's do it. I think it'd be a, a sweet experience. So eventually I decided, all right, I'll, let me do this thing. And man, I'm so grateful because it was a trip of a lifetime, first of all, on the environmental side. Very, very depressing, but like necessary. And I didn't, like, I know that humans do a really good job of destroying the planet. I knew that, but I've been fortunate fortunate enough to live in places, cities, states that do have that infrastructure available. You know, if I saw litter, I'd pick it up every once in a while, throw it away, but going to the DR to a place that is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever seen, first of all, but it is covered in trash everywhere you go. Plastic bottles and shoes and toys and everything. Um, it really opened my eyes to like really what's going on. And what is going on? Why do they not have the infrastructure there? 
uh, I might be a little bit above my pay grade. I mean, there's lack of money, resources, uh, you know, support from the government programs, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, And it probably differs in a lot of places, but the DR is one of the countries that's really hit hard by that. And so that that was on one hand, and then the connection to baseball really made it special for me um, because I played with Dominican guys ever since I was 18 you know Ronaldo and I came up together he's one of my very very good friends close friends of mine Um, you know he's from San Pedro de Macariz I've known guys from all over the DR you know teammates guys I've played against and being able to, to visit their home country and experience that culture of baseball because it is life there and so I was in heaven um, but really what hit me hard was when we did our beach cleanup in um, Santo Domingo I remember like walking down the steps towards this beach covered in trash and I looked to my left there's a group of young ball players working with their trainer they're trying to do uh, like a little beach workout with agility ladder and and uh, stuff like that. And, you know, I've done a lot of beach workouts in my time. I usually do them barefoot in the sand because, you know, it feels good. But these guys had to wear shoes and they're literally like doing their drills around like various piles of plastic bottles and trash just all over the ground. Um and so that image I think is going to stay with me for a long time and I look forward to doing that trip again and again and again for years to come uh, just to you know use this platform I have to try and raise awareness around it yeah, there's little changes everybody can make that can help because when you look at it from like a macro level it's like uh, what can we do this is crazy this is too much but if everyone just has little micro changes, then you can start to kind of stack those and look hopefully to a better future uh, in, in saving the planet. And, you know, one of those changes real quick that I made was I don't do the single use plastic bottles anymore. So for me, it's I got like the, you know, you got the canteen flasks, you got all that stuff, fill it up with water, just use that. That can make a big difference if a lot of people were on If everyone did it, well, if everyone did and it, we yeah. didn't have water bottles anymore, yeah, yeah. yeah, that can make a pretty big dent. Yes. But it's, you know, it's that maybe sacrificing a little bit of convenience, I get it. it it's, we're used to a certain way, but that's that's kind of what I want to promote is like hey if everyone can just make a little change here and there then we can maybe start to stack those wins and and uh, get on a path to a brighter future you mentioned your Dominican friends and I'm sure they've talked about where they came from but this is the first time you actually could see it mm-hmm. in person with your own eyes does that give you a better idea of who these people these people, these friends of yours, these teammates of yours are because you know now firsthand where they come from. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
you know, I got to go out and watch, I got to watch a little, I don't know if it was Little League per se, but I got to watch some youth baseball. Oh, I haven't wanted to do that. And I was watching 12-year-old kids. I mean, this pitcher on the mound. We should, First of all, we walk in there, and you have a Steve Stone and Jason Benetti on live commentary going out through the speaker system for all the fans. These are 12-year-olds. Yeah, but they had like they had a play-by-play and a color guy. For a 12-year-old game? <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's like super high energy. The kids that are sitting in the benches waiting to play the next game on the same field are like talking mad shit. They're going <laughs> at it. Like it is just the coolest environment to watch baseball. The parents, the fans, like it's so high energy. You know, the, I'm watching this kid on the bump. First of all, they're so talented. They're so much more talented than 12-year-old kids here. I couldn't believe it. I, like, truly was like, holy, wow. <laughs> um, this kid's throwing backdoor sliders. He punches out a kid. He punched out another kid looking to end the game. He goes into a full celebration on the mound. The team comes together. They're chanting. They're doing a bunch of stuff. Um, and then, like, the other team... Uh, you know, they're getting a little bit mad about it. Next thing you know, you got guys going at it, not physically, but verbally. It's like that energy. It was, it was fun to watch. It was really, really cool to see. And so it just gave me a little perspective, you know? Yeah. It's like when you see a dude bat flip and you have a bunch of people complaining about it. Oh, this isn't how baseball should be played. Well, I mean, that's, that's part of the culture. Yeah. It's part of the culture. Has anyone bat flipped against you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care. You don't care? No. Yeah. It's fine. So there shouldn't be anything wrong with it, I know. But some people have problems with that. But Yeah. Uh, I think Oscar Colas might do a bat flip or two for you guys. What do you think about Colas? Not about his bat flipping. But yeah, you know. no, I look forward to getting to know him. I honestly haven't really talked to him much. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just got here, like, yesterday. Yeah. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I've from what I've read, from what I've seen, extremely talented, and uh, good chance he could be helping us out this year, playing a little right field or something like that. So, yeah. um, you know, I always, I always welcome the young talent, man. Yeah. This, uh, you're gonna be a free agent at the end of this season. Um, do you even go to that place of this could be, could be my last year with the White Sox? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, uh, like, a possibility, right? Uh, anything is possible. But, yeah, I definitely, like, that's definitely on my mind here and there. But it's kind of circling back to that five-day, you know what I mean? I can worry about free agency and all that stuff after the season's over. Um, so... You know, if this is my last season, I want to give it my absolute best effort. I want to go out there. I want to be consistent. I want to do my thing. I want to help this team win. That's that's really it. That's what I've been trying to do for years. I wish I did a better job, but now I'm going to give it my all. Right back here with Ryan McGuffey, and I guess it's going to be an elephant in the room as the season progresses. This could be his last season with the White Sox, but like he said... Five days at a time, not one season at a time, and we'll see how this all plays out in the off season. But uh, that is something that will be clearly addressed in about seven months. 
I mean, if it goes well and he's back in the top five, six, seven spot in, in Cy Young voting, he's going to get paid handsomely. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll get a five or six year, you know, nine figure deal, and and whether it's in Chicago or elsewhere, that'll be determined. But if that happens, that means the White Sox took a major step, and Lucas Giolito is back to his nineteen twenty with more velocity. And look, what I loved about that interview is he talked about the weight gain, the weight loss. He did not. He he did not want to hear excuses. He didn't want to make excuses because he's. I you know he he said we get paid handsomely to be out here and win games and how these guys prepare and train themselves to do that is on them and and you've we've heard many excuses over the years from guys saying well I, last year I was too you know too heavy too light didn't do enough I changed my diet all that stuff and Lucas is saying screw it all like I I've had all of that I was heavy I was light you know my fastball uh, command was up it was down and I've had success and I've had struggles and he doesn't want to hear it. He just wants to go out and perform. He looks great. Yeah. I will say he looks great. And I do think for a guy who needs to block that noise you're talking about about being the final year of his deal with the mentality that Pedro Grafal is trying to create here with the culture by saying we're just we're, we're creating goals for every 5 days and then they go back and say, "Hey, did we hit that goal? Should we have improved upon this?" And then here's the goal for the next 5 days. That works perfectly into a pitcher. And I think if they're just creating that, just eyes on the present, instead of thinking about, well, if I have a good August and September, it could lead to this contract with this team. If that if that's at any point is in Lucas's mind, it's not going to work well. It's not going to work well for him. I don't think he's that type of guy. We talked about thoughtful. I mean, how you hear it in that interview. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you sit down – and we both know Lucas at this point, and you know it's going to be – he's going to really give you some stuff. But that's what I'm talking about. This guy cares. You know, we're, we always talk – there's always so much talk about players and body language and care. Lucas Giolito is a well-rounded individual, as we learned in the, his Dominican trip there, uh, and he cares. And I think right now, more than anything, you mentioned, you know, this could be the last year, and he and he talked about that. This is his seventh year in the organization. Year se- year uh, yeah, seven. Yeah. Okay. Maybe six. six well, Twenty six. Yeah. 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 So, whatever. whatever. Seven years in the organization. Yeah. You know, there's a commitment and a bond here. Regardless of it's his last time walking through the Camelback Ranch doors, I think he's vested. Yeah. He's vested and he's invested, and it could lead to big things for both the White Sox and him. So when I asked him who's going to have the big comeback season well he says besides me yes so there's one and then he has that long pause and he's thinking and you know as he's thinking and I'm sure everyone listening you probably were wondering well who's he going to come up with because you could pick like seven guys in there I wasn't expecting him to say Vaughn because you know he didn't have a bad season and there's other guys who for whatever reason underperformance injuries may have had worst worst seasons but the fact that he chose him just because he knows what's in there and the opportunity he's going to have and the fact he's going to be playing first base, you look at a guy who's really going to make some noise. I think that's what he was kind of saying. Vaughn's his answer, and I can't disagree with it. I bet you there's not one other player that would say Vaughn because of the way he thought about it. Yeah, yeah. There's so much low-hanging fruit to pick. We yeah. could, you could just like fall on an answer. Yeah. And it would make sense, but I love that's that that space. Like watch, like I was like glued to him. Yeah. I, mean, I was three feet from this interview, folks. So I'm sitting there like I'm watching Lucas 
struggle to come up with. He wasn't struggling. He wasn't struggling. He wasn't yeah. struggling. He was really trying to be like, who is the guy to take that next step? And and we've talked. We had a podcast a couple of weeks ago about Andrew Vaughn being the next big first baseman, and it's very clear. And there's been guys we've been talking off camera and stuff with guys about his legs in August and September and how he just was shot. And and I love that Lucas. Well, and the other thing I love is that Chuck and I talk a lot of like we knew he was sitting down with him. We were kind of bouncing. Sometimes I throw a question at Chuck or something, and vice versa, and we and we were hashing some things out. And he was going to ask Lucas, like, why is he going to have a big? He, so I, I forgot what the question was. You were you were going to say who's going to have the biggest bounce back season? Yeah, who's going to be, have the biggest bounce back season? I said, let him include himself. Yeah, because because I, we just want to see if he says himself. And I love that right away. He he didn't think at all about other than me, because it just tells you how motivated he is. Yeah, like yeah. he he because he would just pick himself if you just let him. And I love that he said other than me because it tells you how determined he is coming into camp. Correct. Uh, so that's a wrap for uh, this edition of the podcast. Uh, we have uh, we had a big week of podcasts. Uh, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Andrew Vaughn, Tim Anderson. There was a little bit of talk about the Tim Anderson. Uh, <laughs> Tim, Anderson Tim Anderson was on the podcast? Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was on the podcast. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering, Tim and I are in a great space. One of the best spaces we've ever been. We're never in a bad space. If you listen to sports talk radio in Chicago, you might think we're in a bad place. <laughs> I, I, there's a narrative out there that is uh, not exactly accurate, but it's... whatever. I can only do... I, we wanted to put out a raw, real, authentic conversation with me and Tim, and you guys got it, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have a problem with it, you know... I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. So it's it's laughable to be honest with you to see perspective two thousand miles away, and when your boots on the ground here, and, and and kind of actually can interpret what's being said. Listen to the whole interview if you haven't. Uh, have your thought. It, no one's going to tell you how to think. And, and and Tim's not asking you to be positive all the time. He's saying results dictate that. He understands it. It's better when the team pulls from the – it's better when the whole group, fans included, are pulling from the same group. But when the team isn't playing well, he knows that it's not going to be all that great. So yeah. performance will dictate this. If Tim goes out and wins a batting title and the White Sox win the division, this will be the most laughable preseason story of, of, of recent years. Okay. Uh, Pedro Grafal will be on the podcast next week and uh, many others, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, my thanks to Tony Gill and Claire Philpy for all the work they've been doing behind the scenes to push out all this podcast content your way, both the audio and the video, which you can see on the NBC Sports Chicago YouTube page. Tony, Claire, much appreciation from here in Glendale. And that is a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Trust, your home for White Sox. Check in with free ATMs nationwide. Go to the special White Sox webpage, www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson, it's all yours. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.